0: A peter food goes home crying to his mama. Well, what the hell is supposed to do, you moron? Terrible, terrible, terrible. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you back with us for some more stories. Today I'm going to do kind of a hybrid episode. I'm going to talk a little about growing up worrying. And I'm going to go back into the book house. Remember the story about the Knights of the Silver Shield? I'm going to dig back into the book house because it has the perfect story that has stayed with me all of my life. And I wanted to share it with you because it epitomizes the worrying about things unnecessarily that I grew up doing. Now, when I was a kid, I was a worrier. I worried about everything. I worried about what people would say, what people would think. What if I was wearing this and people didn't like it? What if I said that and people didn't like it? What if people laughed at me? What if people did this? What if people did that? We all do that, right? You've had those worries? I grew up the ultimate worrier. I missed school because I worried so much that it made myself sick. I literally couldn't get out of bed at times when I was a kid. My stomach would be so upset, roiling so much about what I might encounter at school. And if you've listened to the other episodes of the podcast, you know I was the fat kid, I was not a popular kid, I was picked on, I was bullied. And you can check out those episodes if you haven't heard them already because that's what my life was like. So in my mind, my worries were always justified. And it was very, very difficult for me to get past all of that. It took years and years to get to the point where I stopped caring what people thought. But all through grade school, all through high school, I worried about everything. Everything I worried about what kids would think of my lunchbox. I worried about what kids would think of the pants that I was wearing. I worried about which kid was going to say something mean to me. I worried about whether somebody was going to hit me today. I worried about everything now ninety-nine times out of a hundred, the worries were misplaced cause nobody was thinking anything, but I always worried that they were. There were a couple of incidents where there was physical contact, including that one story that I told you about. But because it happened, I was always worried that it would happen again. And I always worried about the peer pressure. What if somebody thinks that what I'm doing is stupid? What if somebody thinks that I'm stupid? It was a constant thing in my life. And my mom always told me, don't worry what other people think. What do you care what other people think? Well, when you're a kid, you do care. And I tried to remember that when I was raising my kids because I remember what it was like to care. At the same time, I tried to get my kids... Not to worry about nonsensical things and not to care what people thought. But it's a hard thing. And I recognize that it's a hard thing. My dad had a phrase, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Don't worry about what coulda been, what woulda been, what shoulda been. Worry about the stuff that you can control. Worry about the stuff that's important. What somebody else thinks of you isn't important. What somebody else says about you isn't important. As long as you're doing the right thing, as long as you're living your life the right way. Don't worry about woulda, shoulda, coulda. As I've raised kids, I've had this conversation with them as well. Well, what if I fail? Well, what if you succeed? Well, what if they say no? Well, what if they do? Then you do something else. Well, what if they don't like this red shirt? Do you like the red shirt? They might not like it. so what? Do you like it? Yes. Then wear the red shirt. People worry unnecessarily, about so many things. It's important when you're young because of the peer pressure that's around you. It's an important thing in your head, but in the big scheme of things, it's really not that big a thing. But it takes maturity and experience to realize that. I'm at a point in my life now where I don't give a damn what anybody thinks. I do what I want and that's it, period, end of story. But it took me a long time to get here. But I have people who come up to me even now, and say, well, I, I don't know what to do. What if this happens? What if that happens? And a lot of times the worries are baseless. And whenever I get those questions, I always go back to this story that my mom read to me when I was a kid. And she read it over and over again, just like the Knights of the Silver Shield. It was a story about worrying unnecessarily about things that are kind of silly to worry about. So I hope you'll indulge me and give a listen to this story from the My Bookhouse collection. It's a story called The Three Sillies. And you know it's a classic story because it begins like all classic stories do. Once upon a time, there was a farmer and his wife who had one daughter, and she was courted by a gentleman. Every evening, he used to come and see her and stop to supper at the farmhouse, and the daughter used to be sent down into the cellar to draw the ale for supper. So one evening, she had gone down to draw the ale, and she happened to look up at the ceiling while she was drawing, and she saw a mallet stuck in one of the beams. It must have been there a long, long time, but somehow or other she had never noticed it before, and she began a-thinking. And she thought it was very dangerous to have that mallet there, for, she said to herself, Suppose him and me was to be married, and we was to have a son, and he was to grow up to be a man, and come down into the cellar to draw the ale like as I'm doing now, and the mallet was to fall on his head and kill him. What a dreadful thing it would be! And she put down the candle and the jug, sat herself down, and began a cryin'. Well, they began to wonder upstairs how it was that she was so long drawing the ale, and her mother went down to see after her, and she found her sitting on the settle crying, and the ale running over the floor. "'Why, whatever is the matter?' said the mother. "'Oh, mother,' says she, "'look at that horrid mallet. Suppose we was to be married, and was to have a son, and he was to grow up, and was to come down to the cellar to draw the ale, and the mallet was to fall on his head and kill him. What a dreadful thing it would be!' "'Dear, dear, what a dreadful thing it would be!' said the mother. And she sat her down, aside of the daughter, and started a-crying, too. Then after a bit the father began to wonder that they hadn't come back, and he went down into the cellar to look after them himself. And there they, too, sat a-crying, and the ale running all over the floor. "'Whatever is the matter?' says he. "'Why,' says the mother, "'look at that horrid mallet! Just suppose if our daughter and her sweetheart was to be married, and was to have a son,' "'And he was to grow up, and he was to come down into the cellar to draw the ale, "'and the mallet was to fall on his head and kill him. "'What a dreadful thing it would be!' "'Dear, dear, dear, so it would,' said the father. "'And he sat himself down, aside of the other two, and started a-crying. "'Now the gentleman got tired of stopping up in the kitchen by himself, "'and at last he went down into the cellar, too, to see what they were after. "'And there they three sat a-crying, side by side, and the ale running all over the floor.' And he ran straight and turned to the tap. Then he said, Whatever are you three doing, sitting there crying and letting this ale run all over the floor? Oh, says the father, look at that horrid mallet. Suppose you and our daughter was to be married, and was to have a son, and he was to grow up, and he was to come down into the cellar to draw the ale, and the mallet was to fall on his head and kill him. And then they all started crying worse than before. But the gentleman burst out a-laughing, and reached up and pulled out the mallet. And then he said, "'I've traveled many miles, and I never met three such big sillies as you three before. "'And now I shall start out on my travels again. "'And when I can find three bigger sillies than you three, "'then I'll come back and marry your daughter.' So he wished them good bye and started off on his travels. and left them all crying because the girl had lost her sweetheart. Well, he set out, and he traveled a long way, and at last he came to a woman's cottage that had some grass growing up on the roof.' and the woman was trying to get her cow to go up a ladder to the grass. And the poor thing durst not go. So the gentleman asked the woman what she was doing. "'Why, looky,' she said, "'look at all that beautiful grass. "'I'm going to get the cow onto the roof to eat it. "'She'll be quite safe, for I shall tie a string around her neck "'and pass it down the chimney and tie it to my wrist as I go about the house, "'so she can't fall off without my knowing.' "'Oh, you poor silly,' said the gentleman." You should cut the grass and throw it down to the cow. But the woman thought it was easier to get the cow up the ladder than to get the grass down. So she pushed her and coaxed her and got her up and tied a string around her neck and passed it down the chimney and fastened it to her own wrist. And the gentleman went on his way. But he hadn't gone far when the cow tumbled off the roof and hung by the string tied round her neck and it strangled her. And the weight of the cow tied to her wrist pulled the woman up the chimney And she stuck fast, halfway, and was smothered in the soot. Well, that was one big silly. And the gentleman went on and on, and he went to an inn to stop the night. And they were so full at the inn that they had to put him in a double-bedded room. And another traveler was to sleep in the other bed. The other man was a very pleasant fellow, and they got very friendly together. But in the morning, when they were both getting up, the gentleman was surprised to see the other hang his trousers on the knobs of the chest of drawers, and run across the room and try to jump into them. And he tried over and over again, and couldn't manage it. And the gentleman wondered whatever he was doing it for. At last he stopped and wiped his face with his handkerchief. "'Oh, dear,' he says. "'I do think trousers are the most awkwardest kind of clothes that ever were. I can't think who could have invented such things. It takes me the best part of an hour to get into mine every morning, and I get so hot. How do you manage yours?' So the gentleman burst out a-laughing and showed him how to put them on, and he was very much obliged to him, and said he never should have thought of doing it that way. So that was another big silly. Then the gentleman went on his travels again, and he came to a village, and outside the village there was a pond, and round the pond was a crowd of people, and they had got rakes and brooms and pitchforks reaching into the pond, and the gentleman asked what was the matter. "'Why,' they say, "'matter enough!' Moons tumbled into the pond, and we can't rake her out anyhow. So the gentleman burst out a-laughing and told them to look up into the sky. The moon was there, and it was only the shadow in the water. But they wouldn't listen to him, and abused him shamefully, and he got away as quick as he could. So there was a whole lot of sillies bigger than the three sillies at home. So the gentleman turned back home again and married the farmer's daughter. And if they didn't live happily ever after, that's nothing to do with you or me. I remember that story when I was a little kid. As I said in a previous episode, my mom read to us a lot when we were kids. And that's one of the stories that she read over and over again. And knowing how much of a warrior I was about silly things, it's a wonder she didn't read it every night. I worried about a lot of things when I was a kid. I worried about being the fat kid and never having friends. I worried about never having a girlfriend. I worried about never having a date. I worried about never getting kissed. I worried about failing classes. I worried about not getting into college. I worried about people laughing at my haircut. I worried about a lot of things. Now, over the years, I've learned not to worry. At least, quite so much. And the things that I've learned over the years are essentially these. You should worry about the things that you can control. You should worry about the things that you have an influence over. You can't worry about what other people think Or what other people do. You can't control what other people think. Or what other people do. You can't influence that. You can't change it. People are going to do what they are going to do. As long as you're doing the best that you can do. As long as you're making decisions that are right for you. As long as you're not doing anything that's going to hurt other people. As long as you're living a good life. Doing good things. You really don't have anything to worry about. You don't have to worry about a mallet falling out of the roof, killing your unborn child. You don't have to worry about failing a class if you're doing the best that you can. If you fail it, you can take it again. You don't have to worry about getting into a college if you're doing the best that you can. You'll get into college. You don't have to worry about getting a job if you don't get the job that you applied for, you'll get another job. You keep your mind open, you keep your options open, you keep your opportunities open, and you don't have anything to worry about. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here. If you're trying to get into Yale, if you're trying to get a specific job as the program director at WKRP in Cincinnati, or whatever the specific thing is that you're looking for, and you're not getting that, that's something to worry about. If you're going to put that kind of pressure on yourself, if you have to be a game developer for BioWare, and you're not getting that job, and that's the only job you have to have, then you have something to worry about if you're not getting that job. I guess you can worry about that. But that's what I mean about keeping your options open and not locking yourself into this one rigid path where all you do is worry about not getting success. The path you pick and the way you pursue it will determine how much worrying you need to do in your life. And I've learned over the years that if you keep the path wide, And follow some of the forks in the road. And you explore opportunities. Kind of like I do when I play my games on my Twitch stream. Look for the shiny things that are out there. Because you never know where that's going to lead. It might be something really cool. So if you don't worry so much about, I've got to get into Yale. And you focus on the possible. You'll find a much more relaxed life for yourself. Now, I also know that there are things to worry about. I'm not denying there are things to worry about. If you're planning a trip to Europe, you have to worry about getting plane tickets, getting hotel reservations, making sure all the bags are checked, making sure your passport is updated. If you're going out on a date with someone you've never met before, you definitely want to have a nice-looking shirt. You want to have clean pants. You want to have a nice restaurant. Those are all legitimate things to worry about. But what I'm getting at is, obsessing over things that you can't control. Because if you're planning that trip to Italy, of course you're going to get airplane reservations. Don't worry about doing it. Just do it. Of course you're going to get hotel reservations. What if the hotel is horrible? Well, what if it is? If it is and you get there, pick a different hotel or make the best of it. You can't control what the hotel is like. All you can control is doing the reservation part. You can do your research and you can look into it and compare different hotels. But worrying about, what if, what if, what if, I could have picked a different hotel. Yeah, you could have, but you didn't. So you make the best of it once you get there. But worrying about, maybe it's going to be bad, it's a useless waste of your time and your energy. And that first date? Of course you want to worry about having a good shirt and clean pants and making a good impression. But you don't want to obsess about it because you'll lock up, you'll make yourself crazy. So you put on your good shirt, you put on your clean pants, and you go on that date. And whoever it is, he or she, they take a look at you and go, (laughs) Oh, no, thank you. Or they take a look at you and go, Hubba hubba. But you won't know that until you go on the date, so don't worry about it. And if they go, (laughs) Oh, no, thank you. Well, then you move on. But obsessing about worrying about that happening for the week before the date is going to make you nuts. And it's going to distract you from the other things you can do in your life. And that's what I'm warning against. And that's what I'm telling you you don't have to focus on. That's what I'm telling you you don't have to lose energy over. That's what I'm telling you you can change to make your life a little bit better. Okay, worry about getting that nice shirt. Then get it, put it on, and see what happens. It's just that I, I see so much energy wasted over unnecessary worrying. And what it really comes down to is this, and I guess this probably summarizes my philosophy the best these days. If the worst thing that can happen is not death or dismemberment, it's probably not that bad a deal. So see what happens. I'm recording this episode before the procedure that I have to undergo, which I've talked about in my stream and which a lot of my friends know about. It's gonna post after the procedure. But the reason that I wanted to record it is because there's a lot of things that I could worry about. It's a, it's a surgical procedure. And with any surgical procedure, there's always risk. And I can worry about what's gonna happen, but I can't control what's going to happen. I've done everything I can do to prepare myself. I've done everything I can on my end to do what I'm supposed to do. Things have been explained to me as to what might happen if I don't have the procedure. Things have been explained to me as to what might happen if I do. And I've done everything I can, and now it's in the hands of the people who are going to do the procedure. I've made my decisions, I've done what I think is right, and now things are in the hands of the people who are better skilled to take care of the situation than I am. So I don't worry. And I guess that's the message that I wanted to give to you with this episode of the podcast, is don't worry about things that you can't control. Worry about living your life to the fullest. Worry about loving the people who love you. Worry about taking care of your friends and your family and being there for them when they need you. Be the best person that you can be and don't worry what other people think. If you're doing the right thing, if you're living a good life, if you're doing the best that you can in this world, then you don't have anything to worry about that's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. thank you so much for listening thank you for being here thank you for supporting the podcast and the podcast is growing and i can't thank you enough for that the fact that so many of you listen means the world to me i love sharing my stories with you thank you so much for taking the time to listen to them you guys take care of yourselves and until next time i'll see you when i see you